Hello and welcome to this episode of Catherine Cares Fitness Podcast. Is that even what it's called? I'm not actually sure. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute since I recorded my last episode. I think that might have been back in March. Yes, I feel intense guilt for the fact that I haven't recorded a podcast or a solo podcast since then. I have, however, had lots and lots of other exciting things going on um, between opening or reopening a brand new gym and rebuilding an exercise class timetable. I have also been lucky enough to start coaching with the wonderful coaching team on Commit to Six. So that in itself has been an absolute honor. And I think, I think I have just started coaching on the third round now. So that's all really exciting. And I feel extremely honored to be part of that and getting the opportunity to work with more people, I suppose. So yes. Today's podcast is going to be, hopefully, a relatively short one, and I do apologise if you can hear a weird fan noise in the background. My computer sounds like it's about to take off of the desk and fly across the room. But anyway, I wanted to chat a little bit today about tips to help emotional or boredom eating. And this is one barrier or struggle that comes up time and time again with my clients. And that is the frustration that is caused around mindless eating or boredom or emotional eating. And you may have had potentially a really good day or a really good week overall hitting calories, hitting workouts, hitting your activity targets. But then maybe you've had a pretty shit end to your working week. Like, someone bashes your car in the car park or something unexpected happens at work or maybe you have an argument with a friend or maybe you just feel down because that is life sometimes and as a way to regulate your feelings maybe you reach for food as a way to cope which by the way is totally okay to do but sometimes you might feel bad or like you failed because your action or the action you took over eating didn't quite fall in line with your goals or what you value. Maybe maybe this makes you feel a little bit guilty as well. And if it's something that's repeated regularly, it might actually start holding you back from making the progress that you want to see in your body composition or your fat loss goals. And often we can then fall into the mindset of, oh, fuck it, it's it's Friday night, I've overeaten now, and I may as well wait until Monday to get back on track. Now, that in itself is a whole other thing, but why wait until Monday to get back on track? If you have smashed one plate, for example, in your kitchen cupboard, there's no need to continue smashing the rest. So put the rest back in the cupboard, leave them there, sweep up the one smashed plate, put it in the bin, and continue. It's okay, you don't need to smash the rest. Now, before I do go any further, I kind of went off on a tangent there, didn't I? Before I go any further, one thing that I would really like to distinguish before going into tips to help manage overeating and emotional or boredom eating is actually the distinct difference between binge eating and overeating. The terms are 
often used interchangeably, but they are two very different things. And I think it's really important to understand that. And it is difficult because we aren't really taught about these things anywhere. So it's easy to see how confusion can come about. So everyone overeats once in a while, but an episode of binge eating is characterized by a feeling of lack of control whilst overeating, usually followed by intense, intelalalala, I can't speak, followed by intense feelings of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame being negative feelings towards your own actions or one's own identity. The feelings of shame are a little bit more intense than guilt and are based around negative thoughts around one one's own identity, uh, opposed to their actions. Now, binge eating isn't characterized by the amount eaten or the number of calories eaten or even necessarily the regularity of the binge episodes. It's also possible that someone who has binge eaten may eat so much that they feel physically sick. Now, binge eating disorder is an eating disorder, and it can be really tough to manage and should be treated by a qualified professional. If it's something that you are struggling with, remember that it isn't your fault, so don't feel bad for this. And if you are suffering, then you should seek out help, which you can do with your GP or support through the Beat Eating Disorders website. And I will remember to put a link in the podcast notes to the webpage for Beat. Okay, so assuming you struggle with general overeating, of which you actually have control, then there are a couple of things that you can do to regulate these actions and to feel empowered in your decisions. These stem around mindfulness, which involves identifying thoughts, feelings, and sensations, whether they are in our body or our mind, and then actually sitting with these things or these feelings and being okay that they're actually there and not really feeling the need to act on them. It does take practice and you might not get these things right the first time, or you might not find that they help the first time, but if you continue practicing them regularly, then you will find that they help. When it comes to these mindfulness practices, the first key is about taking a pause between feeling an emotion and then carrying out an action. So for example, extending the gap between feeling sad or angry, or stressed, and then eating as a means to help you feel better. The second key is about noticing your feelings in a non-judgmental way. For example, what would a very good friend tell you? They certainly wouldn't judge you or treat you harshly for feeling the way you are feeling or for having the thoughts you are having. So try to treat yourself as you would a good friend. And usually, we are our own harshest critics. The third key is about replacing potentially unhealthy behaviours with alternative activities. So for example, instead of overeating, we could possibly journal, or we could write out our thoughts, or we could phone a friend, 
or go for a walk. So to begin with, maybe the most straightforward of the practices that I'm going to talk about is hunger checking, which involves simply asking yourself, am I hungry for this? And saying it out loud, like say it out loud, say it with intent. When you find yourself opening the cupboard or fridge door late at night, you know, that way where you're like sitting at home on the sofa watching TV, or maybe you're doing a bit of work at home and you wander through to the kitchen and you're just opening the cupboard doors to see if there's anything there or the fridge door. And then you walk back again. You don't choose anything. You walk back into the living room, sit down again. 10 minutes later, you're up again. You're in the kitchen. You're opening the fridge door, expecting there to be like something different in the fridge. Like something has miraculously appeared that you kind of fancy, but you're not really quite sure what it is you want to be there. But you know you want something, but you're not actually hungry. Yeah, we've all been there. So nine times out of 10, you probably aren't truly hungry, especially if you've had all your filling meals for that day. You've hit your protein targets. You've eaten plenty of fruit and veg. You've had three main meals. You've eaten regularly throughout the day. You're probably not hungry. And you're maybe trying to remind yourself that actually your actions need to fall in line with your goal. And maybe your goal is fat loss. Maybe your goal is body composition, whatever it is. Hopefully, that hunger checking helps a little bit. And it's the most simple thing to do just to put a pause in place. Before I go on to talking about the next mindfulness technique to use, I actually kind of want to quickly go over the hunger checking thing again. So if you are currently tracking your food, even that is enough of a pause to put in place between raiding your fridge and actually eating something because you know that you have to then track it and be accountable to it and put it into my fitness pal and even the time the energy and the effort it takes to scan the barcode on the food weigh it out put it into my fitness pal that might be enough of a pause to actually make you think you know what no I don't I'm not hungry for this and I don't want this food I'm doing it because I'm bored. I'm doing it because I'm stressed. I'm doing it because I'm sad. I'm doing it because I'm tired. And actually, I just need to go and brush my teeth and go to bed. The second mindfulness technique that I'm going to talk through in this podcast is about rating your hunger. Also, my watch might start just like vibrating in the middle of this podcast at some point because I have just put some um, corn chicken nuggets in the oven. And I think they're a few minutes away from being done. So I might have to stop recording and then come back. Rating your hunger. Again, this involves putting a pause in place before you go to eat. Check your hunger against a scale that's numbered from 1 to 10, from left to right, or however you'd like to imagine the scale. You know what? I actually have a super handy image over on my Instagram that shows just this one I made earlier. I will put the link in the podcast notes just for you so you can go and have a look at that. Anyway, the hunger scale is designed to help you make an informed decision on whether or not to eat. First up, I want you to pause, take a deep breath and rate yourself on the hunger scale. So number one, is starving weak. Number two 
is very hungry with low energy. Three, hungry, stomach growling. Four, thinking of food and a little hungry. Five, neutral. Six, satisfied but could eat a little more. Seven, totally satisfied. Eight, full with a heavy stomach. I kind of feel like I'm reading out the shipping forecast, I'm not going to lie. Nine, uncomfortably full. And finally, ten, nauseous, feeling sick. Now I can't stop thinking about the shipping forecast. (laughs) I'm trying to remember one of like the little bits from it. Was it like dogger, fisher, German bite? Anyway, shut up, Catherine. Right. So the aim here, once you've taken that deep breath and you've rated yourself on the hunger scale, you've chosen a number based on those short descriptions that I have given, the aim is to avoid being at the far left or right side of the scale. So both of these extremes are extremes of hunger and fullness, so one and ten. What we want to aim for is a sweet spot, somewhere in the middle between four and seven. And once you've rated your hunger on the scale, actually, you know what, let's go for a couple of examples. So, for example... I am a four on the hunger scale, which is thinking of food and a little hungry. So in that case, I'm going to choose to actually eat. Then maybe the next time I use the scale, maybe I'm more like uh, I'm an eight, which is full with a heavy stomach because I've just had dinner, but I have a craving to eat. So how does number eight on the scale feel to me? And actually, the last time I rated myself at an eight and eight afterwards, did it make me feel better in the situation? And the answer here is no. You know what? Actually, eating beyond an eight made me feel worse and overly full and a little bit sick. And I don't want to feel like that. So I'm not going to eat. Oh, that's my watch buzzing. So I'm not going to eat. And instead, I'm going to phone my friend or have a chat with someone because it's been a bit of a tough week. And actually, what I need is to manage my emotions in a different way that are more congruent with my goals. So it appears that my corn chicken nuggets have lied to me and they need another five minutes in the oven. Good times, good times, but at least I am still looking forward to eating them. Anyway, back on track. So I've run through hunger checking and I have run through the hunger scale. So last, but by no means least, I'm going to chat you through urge surfing. And it's definitely the coolest sounding of these mindfulness techniques. So urge surfing is about learning not to fight the waves of emotion, but instead learning to surf or not even fight the waves of emotion but more like fighting the waves of impulsive behavior so learning to surf or in other words learning to feel okay sitting with your feelings and allowing them to pass without necessarily taking any action or ruminating on those feelings for too long And a quote I heard a while ago, I can't remember where it was from, is about your real power lies in the pause that you take 
between a like a stimulus and your response and I love that like how bloody empowering is that like how you choose to react to a situation is your real superpower because your reactions have a consequence so urge surfing is a practice that helps us to reduce the frequency and intensity of impulsive behaviors so in this case we're obviously looking at emotional eating as the behavior and there are four stages to urge surfing i totally have the beach boys like surfing usa in my head surfing usa anyway you didn't come here for my singing remember like any skill or practice this again is going to take time to master so don't feel disappointed if it doesn't work first time for you keep trying it keep going and you'll get better at it and it will have more of an impact the more you do it hopefully so now i am no surfing expert or I, I don't know any surfing terminology, um, but the four stages to urge surfing are the trigger, the ramp up, the peak, and the fall. So imagine those four stages spread out across the shape of a wave. The trigger, so that is about recognizing your craving and where it originates from. Now focus on where you feel the craving in your body. Can you feel it in your head or in your heart or maybe your stomach based on the way that you feel? Maybe maybe you feel it in your heart. Maybe you've just gone through a breakup and you are heartbroken and you feel it in your heart. The next step is the ramp up. So this is about how exactly are you experiencing the craving and how intense is that feeling? Is it a physiological manifestation, like an increased heart rate or sweating or feeling shaky or, I don't know, crying maybe? Or is it more psychological, like a lack of concentration or irritability? Next up is the peak. So repeat these focuses on your body and remind yourself that the feelings whether that is the physiological manifestations or the psychological feelings, remind yourself that they will pass. They're not going to be here forever. And these cravings won't be around forever. You will wake up the next morning and probably not crave the bag of crisps. Or in my case, sometimes I will crave a couple of crumpets Crumpets with Biscoff. Normally when I wake up in the morning, that's not what I want to eat. So, you know, it's not going to last forever. And finally, the fall. This is about falling down from the top of the wave to the calmer waters. So use your breath to release tension and notice that even though you could not control the feeling or the feelings arriving or the trigger you can wait for it to leave without taking any action and that my friend is where your true power lies the wave didn't drown you it didn't wipe you out you surfed it and now your feet are firmly on the sand of the beach (laughs) yeah i hope you liked that um very thorough description there my mind gets away from me sometimes that's my timer gone off again for my uh, nuggets, guys. I'm going to have to go and rescue them in a minute.
So anyway, hopefully my outline of those three methods has been of some use and hopefully you are still listening. So thank you if you are still here. I would love to know how you get on using these practices and I'd also love it if you could share or review or and rate the podcast and also tag me in your stories. If you think anyone might benefit from listening, please do send the podcast their way and that would absolutely make my day knowing that I can help even just one more person by sharing the knowledge and sharing the love and the chat of chicken nuggets. Well, not chicken nuggets, but corn nuggets. Thanks for listening, guys, and hopefully you can join me for another solo podcast very soon.